By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cut Podcast. My name is Sherrod Gojic. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk. We're here with Ashley Bienyej. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I wasn't expecting that. Um, <laughs> I am um, a, a local uh, avant pop pianist and a host of, the, or the host of the podcast, Winnipeg Music Project. Okay, let's start with the words avant pop together. Okay. What <laughs> does that mean? It's just something that I'm fiddling with. Um, the more I interview artists, the more I find it hard to label and use genres effectively because everything starts to blend together because yeah, I start listening to so much. Um, I'm classically trained and I love 20th century music and it's like atonal. Not that I write like that, but I'm, I feel like it's inspired me a lot. And a lot of the artists that I listen to sometimes call themselves avant pop. So I've just kind of taken it as like a temporary title mm-hmm. of my genre. We'll see though. <laughs> It's, it's still changing. Is your music all solo? Yes. Yeah. All. Under your name? Yeah. Stay tuned. It's not... Nothing's happening yet. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So have you played any shows with your avant-pop style? I mean, kind of, yeah. It's it's very experimental sometimes in terms of like how I'm improvising in my solos. Um, uh, I think it is. Some people would just say that it might just be kind of like a jazz pop. Um, that's why genres are so weird because everyone has a different opinion on what they might sound like. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's I've so experienced bad. that before mm-hmm. writing. I'm like this da 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 artist. And they like emailed me like angrily, like that is not my genre. I'm like, well, yes it mm-hmm. is. <laughs> I'm so bad with it. I would just go to their band camp or, and just like read their description of what they, they right? think it is. Yeah. Especially with gaze music, like their shoe gaze, dream gaze and all this. And yeah, dream you don't want Mm-hmm. You don't want to mislabel it, or, or yeah. yeah, or so when, in my show, I'll ask them to describe their own music because like even when I there's been a couple of times where I'll list them as what they have on their Memento music page or on their like in the little description of their Bandcamp. Like no, that's not who we are. Like I don't know how to that's deal what you with told this. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta update your profile. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> help. Yeah, right. So you mentioned Manitoba music. You do you have a position? Did I? Oh no, I, I do work in Manitoba music. Yeah, yeah, you just mentioned it on their Manitoba music page, but that reminded me right. that you're also with Manitoba music. So yes. what's your position there? I am the admin assistant. Okay, I, uh, I'm at the front desk. Um, primarily, I work with uh, web web stuff like Signal Boost and Transmission, which is like a I find all the articles that have been released by or for or written about local artists, and I compile them into like a weekly post um there's also um industry news that i find that's i think is my people might be interested in I release that to people listings all the listings for the app it's mostly me <laughs> so i'm just busy on the computer most of the time mm-hmm. yeah so like very like resource heavy like you're providing yeah. those resources for mm-hmm. musicians yeah have you ever experienced like a thing that you're like this would be perfect for me like I don't want to post it but you have to anyways because it's your job yeah yeah um what I've done actually is with um I love all the articles and I I feel like sometimes people aren't going to read them so I've actually started posting them on the Winnipeg Music Project community page Mm. um oh yeah I've seen those the stay tuned lunchtime reads um I don't they're all I have scheduled until like June now um like once once a 
Monday to Friday I release one and then but they're all from from the transmission uh, from Manitoba music because it's just I really want people to learn this information and um, I rather than waiting for me to release it myself I I share it on, on Manitoba music and I'm like okay I'll I'm gonna still go, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore <laughs> yeah I know like you're you're doubling up like you're doing mm-hmm. that work already exactly so. yeah. yeah it helps with the monthly music wrap-up that I do on the um, on the Winnipeg music project um, finding all the new releases and all the articles and I find all this information that I can kind of just use to my advantage yeah well and it's cross-promotion too right because then Manitoba music now gets more exposure to a different community sure yeah that's what I do I totally (laughs) mentioned maybe I should (laughs) yeah Uh, so let's talk about Winnipeg music project where did it start um it started actually as a blog uh I was in music school um and I noticed right away that I'm not a very strong performer and in relation to everyone else who's performing, who are these, like, just would go on stage and play these, like, amazing piano concertos or, like, sonatas. And uh, we had this, like, midday performance that Monday, Wednesday, Friday, artists or musicians could, or students could just go up and perform. And I, it wasn't, I couldn't even imagine doing that. So I didn't understand why I was so behind in this, like, confidence that these, like, kids are, like, four or five years younger than me um, were doing so effortlessly. So I approached my professor, and he actually just, recommended that I ask them and maybe get some advice and at the same time I was trying to start a blog trying to document my experiences at school so I'm like well why don't I make it fun for them and I'll make it into like an interview I'll like type it up and I'll transcribe it and then I can release it so they can share it with their friends and because I'd seen some of my, my classmates have had already had some like traction in the news for their abilities so <laughs> the first few interviews I did were actually with my classmates but then I, I realized that there is this whole community of performing musicians in Winnipeg who aren't, aren't in the, the faculty who make all this wonderful music who they're like their it's like their livelihood to perform so um, my partner actually recommended that I reach out to our mutual friend first and um uh Logan McKillop who I didn't actually interview until later on <laughs> because our schedules are so busy um but so I about the third interview in it was um local artists and I was starting to I started realizing just how big and active the local scene is and it was a little overwhelming um and then a few months a few months in it was going really well I was getting um views and I was really excited uh, um that people were actually picking up on it so I reached out to UMFM asking if they could do like a little commercial or if I could do a little interview to kind of keep promoting it with the um University of Manitoba scene and when I he um Jared um, invited me down to talk about it and when I went down he actually offered me the show on uh, time slot and said do you want to just make it a whole radio show that way you don't have to transcribe and it can be a little bit more fun a little bit easier for you and then you can actually play the music that you're talking about in the interviews um, and ever since then that's what I've been doing <laughs> and how long has that been now four five years uh since 2015 so f- four years we wow. just had our fourth birthday in April that's awesome yeah. yeah. So how do you uh, go about contacting artists? This is strictly just that we have advice. Actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we would like to know. If... Yeah. For the viewers, for yeah, the viewers. For, for sure. Um, the, when I first started, like when, when I, like I, it was just kind of like this idea, I just went to Manitoba Music's page and I went to their, I wanted to find people who were like kind of active. So I went to their, it was like the live, I can't remember what they're called now, like the, kind of like the little snapshot videos that they'll do like a little promotion and I looked through the list and I picked a couple names that I really liked and I just emailed all of them it's like mm-hmm. hey I'm starting this 
blog? Could I interview you and ask you about how you perform? And like the response is just amazing. It just shows you how wonderful and responsive the community is. Um, but then as I started meeting people, they would recommend people to interview or mm-hmm. I would look at the directory on Manitoba. I just use Manitoba Music for everything. It makes so much sense that I work there now. Um, and people would recommend them to me or if I would go to shows, I'd be like, hey, I really like your music. Can I, I have a, I had a business card and I'd just like, hey, can I interview you? And it's a lot of just like cold emails. Yeah. I also have a submission page on my, on my um, website that people can submit to. I feel really bad to the people who are listening who have sent that. I'm sorry, I haven't responded in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little overwhelming. Um, but yeah, it's just, just reach out and ask. Mm-hmm. It's hard to respond to submissions mm-hmm. because it's like you have to now learn about an artist that you don't know anything yeah. about potentially. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work when you're already doing the work that you're doing. Exactly. It's really interesting yeah. though when you have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, this person right? came out of nowhere. Yeah. But they're doing so much mm-hmm. and it's also like really wonderful and great. I, yeah, I love interviewing artists who actually aren't Manitoba Music members. I mean, they should be Manitoba Music members, but th- it's just crazy. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the benefits are just overwhelming, but um, it's so it's so interesting <laughs> to um, see just how active and what you can do on your own and not, and not even having that resource of like workshops. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I'm not intentionally plugging, but just that's how I got involved in this scene before I started doing the show. I was taking workshops and going to Manto mm-hmm. Music for, for help. And I've seen these people who are doing it on their own and doing it successfully. And it's so DIY and um, it's just amazing. So I, I, I want to learn so much about those people. Like, who are you? Like, why don't I know you? Why don't you have a, a, a Manto Music page that I can learn about <laughs> yeah um or if they only have like a couple songs on Bandcamp, that's always really interesting to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it really interesting going to a show or something and then trying to find a band and there's nothing right I'd be like who yeah uh, who are you who are you right it's yeah. so fascinating it's like almost more well you have to decide right mm-hmm. if that's like more endearing right to like don't they're not like really projecting themselves or if it's just like you need to i need to help you yeah (laughs) exactly yeah there are tons of people too i think who just like making the music and hate the promotion aspect of it and Mm -hmm. it's almost like if you were to put that effort into promo are you going to enjoy it are you going to still make the same music Mm -hmm. you know is that still right your creative outlet so it's kind of a yeah an interesting balance i had a really interesting experience once where i needed to do an album review for when i was working at the manitoban and i just did like hashtag winnipeg on Bandcamp so that i could find like Mm -hmm. just like a winnipeg a brand new release right and there was someone that had released an album like the day before and it was excellent it was great and i emailed him i was like do you need shows? Do you need a Facebook? Like, do you need anything? Like, I, I, I want to help you. And he's like, no, I just like want to make music in my basement. Like, That's like very kindly was like, leave me alone, please. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, dude, I just like give you like a five out of five, like excellent <laughs> album. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's just like he just wrote the whole thing. It was like a pretty good like pop album. His mm-hmm. name's Peter Harder. Yep. And I, I was know. like, this yeah. is great. Like, do you want a show? I'll, I'll get you one. Yeah. No kind of no, leave yeah. me alone <laughs> it's so i love it when an artist really knows what they want in music or what their values are yeah. like it's just and i recently took a workshop with heather bishop at creative manitoba the art of managing your career mm-hmm. and the first couple of weeks is just focusing on what are your values as an artist not just specifically to, as a musician and it really kind of 
I was awoken to so many like ideas and, and like, do I really want to win awards and tour all over the world? Like, do I really want that? Or just, I want people to see me doing that. And it, it kind of, I, I've learned so much about myself that what I don't want to be as a musician. And when I see artists who already understand that, or it's just so naturally, like it comes in so naturally that they can just like, no, I don't want to do that. Or no, I don't have to post it on this. Or no, I'm not going to put it on streaming services. I'm, I'm envious of that. Just how do they know of themselves so well? Yeah. <laughs> Which I guess this is a learning process, like, through interviewing. Like, mm-hmm. you could pretty much call up most of those people and ask them that. Yeah. Just be like, why do you do this? Right. I feel I've done that before, where there's been something that even that I, like, don't like. Like, I don't like that this person is mm-hmm. going about what they're doing in this way. Just a personal preference, not like they're a bad person or doing yeah. a bad thing. Yeah. Be like, I'm just going to bring them in and then, like, slowly address, like... Why do you do that? You know, especially with Jaden Clawson. I was like, why do you put your some some stuff upside down or whatever? You know, like mm-hmm. I just wanna I just wanna pick your brain, right? You know, yeah. But it's really interesting that you can just call them up mm-hmm. and then they'll come and sit down with you for half an hour. Exactly, it's awesome. Like I, when I first interviewed Michael Visser before he was Boniface, he was actually one of the one of the first interviews I did as a when we were still a blog. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why did you release your music on a cassette? I had no idea why someone would do that. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, it's more just for, like, the physical, like, support. Like, no, if people are going to be listening to my music, they're going to listen to it online or download it. So this is just kind of like a physical thing. And now that I've seen I'm, I'm more um, involved in the community, that makes so much, so much sense. And lots of people do that. But that was actually one of the reasons why I reached out to him. Was like, who, why would you, it's 2000 and I think it was 15 at the time. Why would you have a cassette yeah. as merch? But it's really I, interesting. I always found that weird, too. Mm-hmm. And even, like... Like, I work at a dealership, and, like, new cars don't even have CD players anymore. What? Yeah, like, they're phasing those out completely because you're streaming everything on your phone. So it's, like, those are going to become a novelty, too. But, like, there's this resurgence of cassettes that I just never understood. Mm-hmm. I actually had to do an article once, which was, like, an mm-hmm. argument article or whatever it is. Like, it was, like, two pages where my editor wrote why cassettes are not good and I had to write why cassettes were good but then he also edited my work so I'm like how do we have an argument if you're like editing my argument right but I had to learn about cassettes he's like yeah I want you to like write in support of cassettes I'm like I don't know anything about cassettes Mm -hmm. so I had to like I think I phoned Micah Ehrenberg and I was like help help me please (laughs) like tell me everything you know about cassettes he's like I don't really have time for this I was like if you're just like sitting on the toilet like just like text me Anything, anything about cassettes and I'm just like gonna use those quotes because I find it it was like at the t- probably like 2015 too mm-hmm. where I was just like I don't know yeah. why you do this right so strange and so interesting so going back to the uh, workshop that you were in what values would you say you have as a performer Whoa. oh geez um <laughs> huge that was a big question it's like I was like a year ago I took we're the good. course yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, right um and I think it's it's always evolving. I'm I also just recently did a mentorship with Jalen Johnson, and a lot of it was just kind of like internal, just like um, what's the word, just reflection. And uh, not much music was being made when we were together, but she's so wonderful with helping and listening to me and kind of we're just understanding. Like I I love um, like social justice, and I I feel very uh, strongly about like human and animals' rights and um and equality and things that i I thought were just kind of like a natural thing that everyone kind of felt she's like no you 
you care about people like my show like I I I, I really want to know who people are like you can use that in your music and I realized I don't want to be a huge pop star that wins awards especially knowing how the awards are given now um I don't (laughs) (laughs) no shade (laughs) no it's just like the process is is not as magical to me now that I understand how it works um and there are other factors that and there's like a kind of a game that comes to the industry that I I respect people who can play it but I'm not one of those artists who wants to do it Mm -hmm. and I think taking that course and learning that I love music and I love music for what it is and um I'm not saying the people who or in the industry don't I'm just I just want to love music and I don't want to make it into too much of a business except for in my podcast <laughs> <laughs> so uh you were talking a little bit about mm, like these workshops and things that you're taking and taking advantage of resources or using resources mm-hmm. how different of an artist would you be if people weren't there to like offer these resources or you didn't take those courses or you didn't approach people or they didn't approach you. You know what I mean? How much of your... How much is it affected? Yeah. Judgment, I guess. It's, it's mind blowing. I like the the amount of information that I have learned from workshops and courses and training and mentorships. uh, I love to learn. I love taking, I love taking them. Like I go to random workshops all the time just because if they're free. Um, But I, I, it's just something that comes really naturally that I love to learn and that kind of actually sometimes hurts me because I like to note and be prepared so much that that's why I haven't released an album yet because I feel like um, the actually the amount of information I've learned, like you only, uh, you don't, what's the saying? You don't know what you don't know. And if I hadn't gone to all this stuff or hadn't known about researchers like Creative Manitoba or Manitoba Music beforehand, the amount of mistakes, mistakes, I say with quotations, um, for the listeners. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You have to do that yeah. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, is, is, is insane. Like, I would never have known about, like, getting how to get onto streaming services or what a publicist is or should I consider one or should I consider campus radio as opposed to um, commercial radio. Um, how much planning actually goes before releasing an album. Like, I really understand how, what, I mean, to an extent, I mean, I hope I, I still don't know. Maybe I'm totally missing some information, but I really understand just how much work goes into it. So I want to make sure that I'm prepared and I have the right people on my, on my team, I guess. Mm-hmm. So would you have released an album had it not been for all these workshops by now, do you think? Uh, well, I did release two singles um, mm-hmm. that are on Spotify. And I look back at them and I... They, they're great for what they what they were like at the time mm-hmm. learning how to record and still kind of learning how to sing because I'm primarily a pianist I'm not I'm still learning I'm getting into vocal um, vocal techniques and all of that but um, I hate them <laughs> and, and now knowing um, what I know and what I if I could redo them like I'm they're gonna disappear one day on Spotify so if you want to listen to them listen to them now because they won't be there forever <laughs> Um, cause I'm going to like, I've learned so much and I know I kind of, I want to have a blank slate and just kind of restart. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I had released an album, you only have, like I've had many artists come onto the show and say like, you only have one chance to make a first impression. And luckily it's only been singles that I've released. So I think that this, <laughs> right, yeah. this yeah. EP yeah. will be a little bit, I, I hope that people will 
see what I see when I when I or hear what I hear when I play my music. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and like it. So you kind of scoffed at Spotify. Is there any particular reason why? Oh no, just because I they're available on Spotify. Oh okay. I love. Uh, well, I mean, as an artist, there's some issues with Spotify and reading a lot about what's happening with Spotify right now. It's actually leaning to more towards podcasts now, so can't, hey, be, can't be too mad yeah. at that. <laughs> right? That's us. Um, yeah, but uh, I, I see kind of <coughs> the injustice that it's done for artists and, and, and royalties, um, but it is an important platform for exposure, and I know that because my music is there, technically people can listen to it, and because of the feelings I have towards it, um, that's why I was hesitant. Nothing, no. nothing really against Spotify. I love right. what it does for artists and the opportunities that it provides. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I based on all of your experience talking to artists, like, what is the a piece of advice, or maybe several pieces of advice that have really stuck with you, and who told you them? Mm. If I can remember, one of the most important advice that I learned from the very beginning was from uh, Tyler Weigar, who mm-hmm. at the time was yep. S.E. Mira. Um, he is actually the one that convinced me to start performing as a musician. Because I said, what's some advice you'd give to a beginning artist? He's like, do things that scare you. Like, things that absolutely terrify you that you would never do. And that's... And then a couple of weeks later, I actually got an opportunity to do my first performance. And I remembered that little thing he had said. And, that, and that's actually how I got started and got bit by the performing bug. Um, so just do it. If you're, if you're listening and you have something that's kind of scary, the only way you're going to know if it was the right thing is if you do it. If you don't do it, you're going to be regretting it. Um, that's like one of the biggest things. And I can't. The the other piece of advice that I that really sticks with me that I can't remember who I think it's all artists really who give is just stay true to yourself. Is no if you you have a feeling in your stomach um, and it, or it's something that's important to you that matches your values, you got to trust your gut and just go with it. And I think that's something that's kept me sane while doing podcasting and music because I've had opportunities come up and, and they didn't feel right I'm like oh, they don't really align with what I'm trying to go for and I've actually been grateful for not taking those opportunities because I really stuck with my gut and what I thought was important to me yeah that's those are um I don't want to say contradictory pieces of advice but that's like a very like fine balance between doing something that scares you and also staying true to yourself and being like no my gut right. says no like the difference mm-hmm. between fear and intuition mm-hmm. is like a really fascinating yeah thing yeah wow. I, I, and that's a good point like I don't I don't see them as contradictory like if I mean like if it feels like if like for example the performing thing like one of my values is I want to be a performer and it does scare me but I don't see it as something that could hurt me right so mm-hmm. like for example I had someone who com- was going to come on t- or who had asked to be on the show who wasn't a local artist um who was pretty big and we're like oh you have to have them on the show like this would be so good for you and I'm like this is such a great opportunity I'd have this big name on my show and it'd be, it'd be really great but it didn't really feel right because like, my show is about supporting local artists and mm-hmm. learning about the mm-hmm. local scene so I actually rejected it and I look back thinking that's exactly I'm, I'm really happy that I'd done that mm-hmm. um, and to be honest when they're a bigger act and not all cases there are always exceptions they're not usually <laughs> going to promote the podcast anyways it's usually the smaller artists that are like who love it and that gets me really excited and being their first interview is like the best cause yeah. it's just, it means so much to them and they're so passionate about it and that's always better yeah mm-hmm. so. we always tell people if you could please share that would be cool yeah yeah 
Nice. But if you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah, if you don't right? want to, yeah, like, no sure. pressure. Yeah. But sometimes we're asking questions, well, like, we are fans of them. Mm-hmm. So we're asking questions that we want other fans to know the answers to or you've heard around in the scene. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, man, I wish everybody knew what you just said. But it's just like it's not on their radar to promote themselves. Sometimes it's difficult to promote themselves, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, For sure. It's hard. So how do you warm up a guest coming onto the show like how do you oh, I just don't. Let me grab a note you pad. don't you just <laughs> go no, i just like okay i don't know your name let's go no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> um to warm them up like to get them comfortable yeah i think in in the beginning i didn't do much of that and you could actually hear in the interviews towards the end that they're they're warming up to me and they get comfortable and they realize that i'm not that scary um and i think i've, I've become like more sensitive to that uh, mostly like we talk over email just like making sure that this like it's really just about you um this is just a conversation i'm in the beginning people say that i had really hard questions which i don't know what those were so i, I but i don't get the, i don't get that feedback anymore so i don't know what i've done differently um but i just try to make sure that they're really comfortable and i ask them at the beginning is there anything that you want to talk about mm-hmm. um make sure we have the dates down and, and and cover and all that for events um and things that you don't want to talk about or things that we should avoid um is there a, um and being specific with that because there's been some some drama in the local scene i don't really want to uh i try to avoid politics not because i don't find it interesting it's just it's politics like politics like uh, I mean, well, uh, in the music Big industry, politics. right, right. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Uh, there actually we did talk a little bit about um, um, Trump. In uh, I was talking to the Amadians because um, what's her name? Courtney. Courtney, thank you. Is uh, from the states, but I ended up cutting it. I'm like, it's not really it's hmm. not the show's about. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. cut a lot, or do you try and keep it as raw? Uh, it's it's fairly raw. Um, the only time I ever edit and even sometimes i don't i don't i used to edit out swears but now i kind of was like you know whatever it's, yeah it's, it's campus podcast. radio that's what we say often yeah. Yeah. people say can i swear people oh, yeah, always like yeah. they'll swear and then it's like hey can i swear it's like mm-hmm. well you just did and it yeah yeah <laughs> uh, I, I i mentioned at the beginning I'm like this is for campus radio so just and but True. if they say it whatever i mean they're passionate in the moment i'm gonna allow it um yeah. what was the question sorry uh don't uh we don't know <laughs> oh yeah how do you warm them up and you were oh, talking yeah. about oh, politics yeah, yeah. right Yes. Um, you talk yeah. about politics to warm up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, so get them really angry um, yeah. and then say, and go. Yes. <laughs> get them going. passionate. Um, I want to talk about you just had a live show. It was Meet Your Music Maker. Right, right? yes. How did that um, go? And how did it come about? The most amazing thing I've ever done. Well, okay, maybe not, but it was pretty, <laughs> it's up there. Top 10 for sure. Um, since the beginning of Winnipeg Music Project, I've always wanted to do a live show. I wanted to have, I wanted to produce live shows to promote local artists and um I just never really had the uh, sorry I'm just shedding um <laughs> I never really like had the confidence to do it because I want to make sure that I really understood how to re- have a successful show and um it uh, went into 2019 and 2018 was a really hard year for me um mentally and emotionally a lot of things happened and I wanted 2019 to be a really like good year for the Winnipeg Music Project so I decided that I'm going to have a show. I've always wanted to do this. I want to make sure, I kind of want to center it right now around genres that I don't really have on the show that are maybe be underrepresented in the Winnipeg scene that are still flourishing and and actually quite active. So um, I decided to have it kind of centered around R&B and hip hop. Um, So I had Shay, um, Haves, um, Malcolm J, and Jessica B. Uh, They came down to The Handsome Daughter and we did an hour of 
a podcast so that that was actually featured on the show afterwards um i'm talking about music and hip-hop and the community and its impact in canada um i learned a lot and the focus was to mostly be for me to learn about it as for and i actually had people come up at the end saying like i never knew this about the hip-hop community this is like i learned so much and that's so my goal was achieved and then afterwards each artist did about a 30 minute um performance um or like a little showcase mm-hmm. um and i learned a lot I, le- I learned how to put on a show what not to do what to have ready in advance um <laughs> so i i plan on doing more in the future uh, i wanted to have one in june but it's just it's too crazy right now with all the stuff that i have to do mm-hmm. in my life um so stay tuned for that though i'm thinking of like an indigenous music um maybe some punk or metal I would love to have a punk or metal show. I think that'd be like totally insane and loud. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So it's going to become a series? I think so. Yeah. I'm working with a graphic designer right now oh, um, for some, some graphics, but uh, I'm in no rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you maintain sort of a, a full blanket of the whole music scene? There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a genre that you're not particularly, maybe not, not fond of, but not following. Right. How do you pick your guests? Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I always want the show to be like to ha- have representation of all genres, and I'm not doing as good of a job. And it's partly because there's just so much of certain genres in Winnipeg, and it's just easy sometimes. Like I need a last minute guest. I'm like, hey, come on the show. Oh, it's another folk artist. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I like folk. That's fine. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll look at my. I have a section on the website that's just genres or interviews by genres, so I can click through and I can see and like, oh, the most recent person was from how long ago? Yikes, maybe I should have somebody. Or man, I've interviewed a lot of men. Maybe I should interview all women. I think in February of my last year, or the year before that, it was all women artists. And actually, the beginning of this year was all female artists um, until I think March. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I, 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 I'm, I try to be sensitive to it and try to be as um, diverse as I can. Um, it's more just like a natural, like who's interested. Um, and when I'm picking someone, um, it's more about the person. Like I, I'm trying to keep the show not very about like, you're the best in your genre, so I'm gonna interview you, or you're the most popular. Um, sometimes it's not always that interesting, they could be, but I don't want people to take away the show that it's all about popularity and everything. It's really about learning about everyone in the scene. And the person who only has one EP, who maybe 200 followers or even 60 followers, is just as interesting as a human being as the touring multi-award winning artist who's got thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. So I, I just like, I look at their feed and I'm like, you know what, you really like... I don't know. I can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> like the, the, your page is interesting. All right, your your banter on stage is really interesting. Or your your, your connection with your bandmates. I really want to learn about that. Or how did these guys meet? Or why is this person in this band and this band and this band? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to like know everything. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I find it's really interesting to decide when you want to take that snapshot of that particular artist's life. Mm-hmm. Like they could be like. They're fresh on, like, right now, like, brand new in the scene. But, like, I know a year from now this would be, like, a great interview, like, a great get. Because this person's going to be great a year from now. Mm -hmm. So you have to decide, do I want the snapshot now or do I want to be one of many in the future? Have you ever thought about that? You know what? But then there's the argument to be made that you got them 
you know, when they were still, you know, before they got exposed. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's also, like, I try and think about that, too, but, like, there's that coolness of being able to talk to Micah before, you know, mm-hmm. he was doing bigger things with right. Boniface. And, yeah, I, like, finding that balance. But I, also, some people with their beginning, their first interviews, oh, I did a really shitty interview with Paper Cut a long time ago, <laughs> and you're like, fuck. Come on. Me? Yeah. I've never really, I've never really thought of that. I'm trying to think. Um, I've never thought like, oh, I'm going to wait a year until they're big. Um, Mostly it's just like, hey, this person's interesting. I'm never really thinking that far ahead, (laughs) to be honest. Like when I I interviewed William, I did like William Prince. I didn't know who he was when I first heard about him. He was actually recommended to me by UMFM. Through Scott Nolan, and I was like, okay, I'll have him on the show. And he hadn't released Earthly Days yet, so I didn't know who he was. And I really liked the music when I heard it, so that was a really fun interview. Really, like, he was very shy, kind of timid, and really exciting. And then suddenly he just got this Juno, and then I had a baby, and just became this, like, this thing that everyone knows in mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Yeah. And I had him back on the show, and I'm like, so... You're welcome. <laughs> so was it a different interview the first time to the second time? Like, did fame affect not, that? Not really. Um, we had um, we had still kind of talked on, on like off the off radio or off the show and kept in touch. And he given me like um, advice as an artist, and I was always supporting him and going to his music because I or to his shows because I genuinely enjoy his music. Um, so when he came back, it was kind of just like an old friend mm-hmm. coming back. I mean, if he doesn't see me as that, it's fine. But um, I see him. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's so strange after like an interview. It's like, I just feel so. I know so much about you. Like, Mm -hmm. we're friends now, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, no, you were Mm -hmm. an interviewer. Like. Do you run into a lot of your guests? Yeah. Yeah, I I run into someone everywhere. It's stressful. Because I get having interviewed so many. I have a terrible memory. It's like it's actually like. I think it's an issue because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll rem- forget like a sentence in the middle of it. Like, what am I talking about? Or so I'll meet people. And I'm like, you've been on my show. I don't know your name. <laughs> I don't remember the genre. And like, I'll panic because I, I, I genuinely just can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you've and had four years too. That's yeah. A long time. I, I mean, I still, I just feels wrong because like, there are people I still remember, and I don't want to say like we made more of a connection. It just, I don't know what it is. Like sometimes it, maybe it was like a really stressful day at school, and I just like I have a cake. School, interview, back to class, and, like, maybe I didn't have time to think about it. It's hard. And for those people, like, I, I feel genuinely awful because I, I, I don't want to think one interview is more important than the other because mm-hmm. I think they're all interesting in their own ways. Not that I like to go back and listen to them because I hate the sound of my own voice. But um, I actually have to do that now because um, I'm editing everything for streaming platforms. <laughs> and, it's, like, it's, it's interesting how much I've improved with talking, believe it or not, based on this interview, um, <laughs> <laughs> we believe it. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you edit for streaming platforms? Because um, I'm because I'm putting it on streaming platforms. I don't want to have the copyrighted music. Oh, yeah. so I'm I'm going because when I release it on for um, for the station, I, I would edit the uh, music in, and because of the the editing software I use, it didn't actually let me save the actual edited file. So I had to actually save the finished MP3. Um, I know it's a nightmare, so I have to go back and edit it, edit out the music, and I've have a new a new um, intro that I've, I have, so I'm gonna I'm editing that in, and then once that's all done, I'm gonna do it. Did you write the intro? No, I reached out to Collector Studio. Cool. As much as I love to write music, I am not 
experience in production whatsoever and i really wanted like a nice clean sound mm-hmm. um and okay i wanted someone local obviously and i i saw their i can't remember who recommended them to me i think it might have been uh brady from warming maybe or jacob radowski anyway um maybe i don't remember now but they, they're like oh yeah i go for them and then they they I, i'm like would you be interested like this like i felt really weird it's always weird reaching out to people for things like that because i'm like are you gonna help me like or even reaching out to interviews like i'm so sorry but would you please be on my podcast <laughs> but they were totally down and they had some really great ideas and it was really fun to just kind of I felt I feel so much more professional. Like I listen to it and I'm like, oh wow, that's me. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. I, I've got one more question. Do you have one more question or several more questions? I I mean I just like um, like shooting shit with like someone who's been where we are. So I feel like yeah, yeah. those yeah. are gonna yeah. just flip. I'm fit enjoying right this. In. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and my question was because we haven't had a, a podcaster on. No. Before. So oh. what's your experience in the community? I know you're pretty involved in the podcast community. What is your experience? With podcasting? Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not very involved. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I feel very close with Sam from Witch Police. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, what he's doing for the community is amazing with um, Stefan from Eversick. They've created the Manitoba Podcast Festival. You and I were on a panel together at the yeah. first one. Um, and I, I've kind of learned through them. They have this weekly community meet and greet thing that they're planning for the, or they're planning the next one with the, with community input. So I've actually got to meet some um, other podcasters. Um, I really wish that there was more of like a directory or something, or some kind of way to, to look them up because there isn't, you can't really look up Winnipeg podcast on um, like Spotify, for yeah. example. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you did that, you'd probably find Winnipeg Music Project. <laughs> <laughs> Intentional. No. Um, sorry. <laughs> But no, I, 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 it's hard because I would love to be more involved in the podcast community and help and even resources like how to, how to podcast. There's actually a free workshop at the Millennium Library that they host that's intro to podcasting. It teaches you how to record, how do you, they have a recording booth in there and mics that you can use. And I didn't even know about that. There's no real like. We didn't either. Yeah. yeah right. I like I was just there this weekend learning about. Um, Audacity. It's like a. It's oh, actually yeah. the editing software that I've been using for four years, and I they had a free workshop on it. So I'm like learning all this. I'm like, I didn't know you could splice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, there was like a quick like I don't know, um, just the information I was learning, and like I really wish that there was some kind of like small website. Well, we get that started. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm like, maybe I should just yeah, do that. Okay. Actually, patent pending. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, splice this out. Yeah. We have a, yeah. Lot, of, yeah, we no. have a lot of business ideas that come up here. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. Like, just something like a resource for podcasters that, and I think that's what Sam and um, Stefan um, want to uh, do with the Manitoba Podcast Festival. So I would love to be helpful to them, but they're, I'm just so busy. Yeah. Yeah. That was a ramble. That no, was that was great. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there, there are people who, want to do what we're doing and it's mm-hmm. relatively easy to to set it up and mm-hmm. if you're just sending out emails like but nobody not no not nobody but some people just don't know where the resources are where to start right. you know like, mm-hmm. yeah like i fell into podcasting like that was not ever something that i thought i was going to get into like i love listening to podcasts the, like the occasional like on, on spotify or like the nerdist oh, yeah. before it got weird um <laughs> I got it, and that's kind of how I kind of shaped my show because it's very conversational, very like a little bit of 
like journalistic interviews or whatever, but um, very casual. And that's really all I had. So I, I kind of had to do it myself, figure it out as I went along. And it would be nice to have a resource, but it's also kind of fun. Like cause podcasting is so DIY. Mm-hmm. It's so gorilla in some aspects because like there isn't rules to it there. And there are so many people doing it. Um, I think it's almost better that it's, if you, if you're passionate enough and you, you start on your own, you kind of learn as you go. I think that's fine. Mm-hmm. And lots of people email us or Facebook, Instagram, be like, what kind of mic do you use? Or like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. And it takes us like 30 seconds to right. respond. And it's exactly. just like, you just have to ask, mm-hmm. which I feel yeah. is just like, what? And we're okay answering it because we're asking a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like, we ask so much, come to the show, come here, do yeah. this, do that. Can mm-hmm. you share it? Can we take your picture? All this stuff. And if like, even a person unrelated comes in and it's just like, what mic do you use? And we're like, oh, someone asking something right? of us. Yeah. Like, we can like, even this playing field mm-hmm. out a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like the piano teacher staying one lesson ahead of the student. It's like, we're still figuring it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. No. No. Which is great. That's like the theme mm-hmm. of our show. It's like, nobody knows what they're doing. And it's amazing yeah. how successful someone can be and just be like, yeah, I'm not... I don't really know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what you're doing? You're great. You're doing a great job. I'm like, no, I don't know. Yep. So yep. it's just like, same. it feels really good that nobody, also nobody knows what they're doing. Yeah. But they just do it. Yeah. And then like, hope, hope it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there's always going to be an audience, right? Like even in music, you could be not knowing what you're doing or how to promote your band or this or that, but there's always going to be an audience that wants to listen to you, who that wants to listen to us, that wants to listen to anything. Yeah. Right. Manitoba Music, new mm-hmm. new artist day or whatever that is. What is that called? New like, Music Night? Yep. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> new, new Artist Day. We new actually have to renew day. our subscription. Oh, yeah. We yeah. have to renew our subscription. Yeah, we will. We promise. Okay. We'll yeah, we'll yeah. talk to you. you know, it's not my job. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay cool. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something about that. See, that's the thing I was talking about when I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. This is one of those moments. Never mind. I most often find that, like, the moment has passed. That's the hardest thing. It's just, like, mm-hmm. going back to what we were talking about before, yeah. you know? I find that really, like, yeah. like, especially when we were talking about, like, just now, for example, like, when we were talking about um, not recognizing artists, but I think it's really strange when an artist doesn't recognize you. Like, you say, like, hey, and they're just, like, mm-hmm. hi. Yeah. And you're, like... I talk. I talked to you for like forty five minutes Paper about time. entirely you. Paper yeah, yeah, me. There was one time where someone said like, "Hey, this is like my friend Olivia," and they're like, "Yeah, cool." She's like, "She does Paper Cut Podcast," and they're like, "Oh, it's cool." Oh and no. And it's like I interviewed you on Paper Cut Podcast. <laughs> like, how do you completely forget that that ever happened? That's and amazing. And he was also like a very like intimidating presence too. And I'm like, it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. He was just like. When he was here, he was, like, smiling, good day, all this stuff. But it was, like, in the evening, in his element. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, like, you just said Paper Cup Podcast. Like, don't you remember Wasn't sitting that, and like, talking to us? Like, yeah, no. it didn't. And I was like, whatever, man. Like, It's cool. fine. Yeah. It's whatever. Which is just so it's interesting. Up, yeah. Because I've done it to people, too. So it yeah. feels, again, evening out the playing field. Yeah. And see, yeah. I understand what we were talking about. Because I just remember what I wanted to say. And now it's not relevant anymore. Say so. it. Yeah. I was at... Okay, uh, so uh, we're talking about how not knowing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, see, now it seems weird because it doesn't flow, but um, being involved in the industry, in, in the music industry, um, 
no one it's like it's all kind of just as you go I mean there are some rules and people like people who have experience they understand that there's like a rhythm and everything but you can just like do whatever you can make it up um and I think that's why my my values have come into play so often because seeing that no one really knows what they're doing or things aren't as concrete as it seems like when you look at the industry from like an outside view you think it's like oh this is the person who's going to be for example, like a pop star, um, and there's like a whisk, there's like a very specific route that they had to take, and to an extent, very commercial pop music, yes, but with indie music and the Canadian music industry, anybody can do it, and you don't have to follow the rules at, at like Manitoba Music, or at this, at this workshop, or at this organization, or get this kind of award, because if you have, if you understand what kind of artist you want to be, you can do whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to know everything. Which is so interesting because some artists don't even like feel comfortable with their instrument when they're on stage. Mm-hmm. You think the first thing that if you want to be in a band, like learn an instrument, mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't even know it. No, like yeah, that blew my mind when I started interviewing people because I was like a classically trained musician and like I know I, I was under the impression people wrote out their music and transcribed it and they mm-hmm. like. You know, and that's how people learn their music, and it's all by ear. And yeah. I was a little offended because <laughs> that's something that I, I'm learning now, and mm-hmm. especially having worked with with local bands. But um, yeah, it's just I don't see ever I was saying. But um, one of the most interesting ones, it wasn't on paper cut; it was for something else. And I was talking to Madeline and Lucas Roger, mm-hmm. and Lucas Roger is like, I don't know how to harmonize, and I was like, right. What? Yeah, and he's like, I don't know. Like, Maddie just tells me what to sing, and then I do it. Or, like, I'll just sing something and then she'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you are, like, when you say, like, what is Roger Roger? It's just, like, beautiful guitar. Harmonies. Perfect harmonies. Yeah. He has no in, idea. Like, in sync, like, twins. Like, yeah. perfect. And he's like, no, I just listen to my sister. Yeah, <laughs> and his dad was there, too. He's like, yes, you do. And he's like, dad, no, I don't. <laughs> like, we don't have to talk me up at this interview. But it's just so fascinating that people are able to do this. And right. we get to, like, learn, like... Yeah. Just, just do it. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. Yeah. The yeah. moral of the story is nobody knows what they're doing at all. Yeah. And but- as much as I love workshops, the only way you're going to learn is by doing it. Um, and I, I see other artists who not necessarily have as much training, I say in quotations, as I do in terms of like industry and theory and writing music, but it doesn't matter because they practice so much or they've listened to so much music that they just understand it and it's a part of who they are. So maybe you don't know how it works like in terms of a chord progression but you understand how your fingers need to move to feel that yeah mm-hmm. so that's really cool that's awesome so cool yeah mm-hmm. ready Perfect. yeah okay thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on paper, paper cut, cut podcast, podcast. Thanks. thanks 